Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Reservations. We're your hosts. I'm Rain Whalen. And I'm Jeremy Blair. Uh, so once again, we are doing this over Zoom. Uh, Jeremy just, he really likes doing minimal work. It's it's my jam. Uh, <laughs> the, the least amount of work I can do, the better. Although uh, setting, uh, setting it up uh, does take some time. But other than that, you know, it's yeah, not a big deal. Gotta, I got to. I got a Tetris stuff around in, in my house. <laughs> Tetris stuff. Yeah. Hey man, they're making that into a movie. Oh great! I can't. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, well, uh, welcome back, everyone. Um, just a quick apology from me. Sorry, the Pleasantville uh, video uh, took so long to get up. Uh, I was getting over getting, you know, being at the Backstreet Boys reunion tour. Yep. So it wasn't really, at the time, a priority for me. Um, but you know, we got it up, and actually, it's doing really well. Uh, Is it? I'm I'm quite shooketh, shooketh. Um, a lot of people have been sharing it around. A lot of my family. Uh, cool. So if any of my family is, is watching this one, uh, thank you for doing that. Please share this one around. Yeah. You know, the the theory might be that it's not a complete uh, downer, uh, Pleasantville. Yeah. Um, well, so and my next one, one I'm gonna just going to go ahead and say it. My next one's going to piss you off, but it's not going to piss you off just because I'm trying to piss you off. There's a reason behind it, but we'll get there. But it's um, not – your next one is not our next episode, and we'll we'll get to that also. Uh, you, we have a special guest coming next week. Isn't that correct? Right. Uh, yes, 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 which we'll, we'll talk about. We'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, we have a special guest in a special episode uh, for next week, but we'll get to that at the end. Um, yes. So Great. You watched The Road for me. Um, yes. Uh, the, the movie that took your uh, your downers and just went... Because <laughs> this movie is not a downer. It is just bleak. It's just a very... Which, I mean, okay. In and of itself is a good thing because, you know, this is a post-apocalyptic movie yeah. that doesn't shy away from what probably most humans would do to survive because ultimately this is just as a, a survival movie. Um, yeah. And it, you know, it, and that was something I appreciated, you know, most post-apocalyptic movies are like, I'm going to use another Shirley Theron movie, uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Okay. You know, it's, you know, it's very bright and it's beautiful, but there's still some semblance of a, Society, and I guess we're just jumping right into it. Yeah, you know, there's some semblance of a society in Mad Max Fury Road. You know, there, yes, it's a dictatorship, but people know where water is coming from. People know that supplies are coming from somewhere. As where the road, you know, the man and the boy, because they have no names. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I'm sure they have names within the universe, but we never hear them speak. The, the aims um they don't know when they're going to get their next meal right they don't know where they're going to find their next meal they don't even know if they're going to die in their sleep yeah you know? what's it's, um it's just very bleak it, yeah it's one of the first things you notice that the first thing the man does when he wakes up is make sure the boy is there right mm -hmm. um he does it a couple of times in the film and, uh, and then his gun, right? Right. Um, and then he assesses where he is and makes sure that nothing got stolen. And it's, 
it's this constant fear of other people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that is present throughout the entire film. Yeah. Uh, and of course, not only is the, this film basically just about survival, but it's also about preserving the innocence of this child, right? Yes. Yeah, that, that's something that kind of came across my mind uh, when they find the house, you know, when they find the, the underground bunker and they find the, the skeleton in the bed. And, you know, Viggo Mortensen says, you know, nothing we haven't seen before. And all I could think is like, man, this kid's probably 10 years old. He's never really had a childhood. No. And uh, in this world, he never will have a childhood. Yeah. It's uh, it reminded me a lot, or or I guess technically the movie I'm about to reference reminds me of the road Uh, room. I don't know if you saw room Um, uh, with Brie Larson. I did not. Uh, I really wanted to, I mean, that won her the Oscar that year. Yeah. The, the kid in the, in the story, Jacob Tremblay, his entire world is that shed. Yeah. Right. And so, um, the film does a really good job in creating this gigantic space within the shed until he leaves. Right. And then they go back and it's this very small shed mm-hmm. uh, because it's his entire world. Right. And he has no other frame of reference. And right. that's sort of this child's existence as well. He, um, Vigo even mentions it later where he's like, you just think I just come from a different planet, right. A different world mm-hmm. uh, because he has lived a normal life before. before this. Yeah. Right. This child has not. And so this is one of my big questions in this film that I want to present to you. Was it right to keep the child? Um, Charlize's character, the woman, uh, she is obviously very against having a child in this world. Right. Mm-hmm. They will only suffer. Right. Mm-hmm. Um and the man wants to keep the child and raise it for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, that is a, that is a, a, a dilemma because, you know, cause Shirley says in the second flashback, you know, we can't, we can't bring a child into this. We can't, we can't do this to them. And we kind of see her in the flashbacks gripping with this decision i personally don't have an answer for it yeah um you know because the film and of course the book does a good job of painting the man as a good father you know he Mm -hmm. he loves his son he will do whatever he can to make sure his son survives um man I just, I, I know you, you stumped me, buddy. You stumped yeah. me. Well, it, it, you know, I thought about it because, you know, Shirley's has a point. The woman has, yeah. a point, I mean, right? she does. And the fact that she is trying so hard to reject the birthing process when, uh, when she's in labor. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, the little, you know, uh, behind the scenes is that was really her screaming. That was really, I mean, that was, uh, yeah, I know. I know they used a lot of realism for this film. And they, well, and the director was like, well, we may just want to use, um, audio of real woman, um, 
in labor. Mm-hmm. And Charlize said, absolutely not. I'll do it myself. And we get this very visceral, guttural screaming, Scream. yeah. right, that she gives. Um, and, of course, it it paints this picture that she is, of course, completely against. Yeah. She's, you know, she's giving birth. She's yeah, she's really trying to not trying to make a joke. She's really trying to keep the child up there. And you know where And it's very hard to watch. Well, where the woman is a is a pessimist, the man is an optimist and the you know, mm-hmm. he is completely sure that they're going to survive and they're going to make it, right? Yeah. Um and I think that mentality is his motivations throughout the entire film is they're going to get through this, whatever oh, yeah. this is. Right. They're oh, yeah. Get through it. oh yeah. I, I a hundred percent agree. He's absolutely wrong. Uh, <laughs> it's that it's that, uh, uh, shit. No, 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 no. This is, this is going to make my, not really a joke. Just, it's going to make my bit fall flat. Um, Oh, there it is. It's that Aragon optimism. <laughs> He yes, he is also Aragon. That is correct. Um, oh my god! Hey, uh, was not as bad as last week, man. That's last, true. Last week I was really worried I was going to get like some texts from some of our friends who listen. They're like, "Tell Rain uh, to shut up," uh, but I didn't. Well, not our mutual friends, no. But I got some texts. Uh, <laughs> it's that dang. Dang old Backstreet Boys reunion tour, man. I couldn't help it. I know. I, I had to use my lungs. You know, I, I had to have it that way. It's, oh my God. <laughs> so I'm looking over my notes. So um, I think when you finally realize just how far this film is going to go or the story is going to go mm-hmm. uh, in terms of um, how dire is their situation, how real do we want to portray the situation? is reminding the boy how to properly shoot himself in the head. Yeah. Right? That I was like, oof. And yeah, that's and it's a reminder. They have they have gone through this before, right? Right. Um as is stated in the movie. And excuse me. And so, you know, that always gets me every time. It's in the very beginning. Oh yeah. It's it's um it's one of the first interactions that we get uh father and son father pretty much saying like you just pull back on this and you stick it in your mouth like this and I'm st- and you point it up don't go back because you'll just blow out the back of your throat you'll survive that so yep. um and you know it's one of those those situations where like oh my god he's talking to a child but uh in this instance right he would rather the kid take his life himself right and then and- then you know the alternative. The two alternatives is starving to death and uh, being apparently eaten alive by cannibals. Yeah. Um, the book goes into more detail uh, about the cannibalism. There is um, uh, infant there, uh, deaths, yeah, and yeah, I, I read that that they actually filmed a scene with a yeah. uh, a baby on a spit, but. Uh, Joe is the, the Joel Jim something with the J. The director okay. was like, eh, it's a little too much. So, yeah, it, I, I mean, it's in the book, but um, well, I mean, 
you know there's a difference between reading it and seeing it i suppose yeah you know i mean it's like the whole controversial scene of of it you know right it's john by the way oh john see i knew Uh, john hillcoat yeah yeah Um, Uh, but you know i understand why he cut it you know is it am i is this adding to the story or am I shocking for shock's sake? Yeah. And that's exactly what, what his decision was is, you know, it's, it's too far. It's too much. They get, they get it. You know, yeah. the audience understands. Oh yeah. I, I got it very early on that this world, like I, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, this world is very bleak. There is, you know, even though Vigo Mortensen is an unbridled optimist, we, the audience, know there is no hope in this world. Right. You know. Um, uh, the narration helps us understand that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and they, obviously, this is taken directly from the book. Cormac McCarthy is an amazing writer. And uh, we've done a Cormac McCarthy before. We've done Sunset Limited. Oh, um, Again, um, you know, we haven't seen you two in the same room together, you know. Yeah, me. <laughs> Cormac McCarthy and myself. Yeah. Uh, everyone, uh, we need to start the hashtag. Uh, Jeremy is Cormac McCarthy. <laughs> no, he's, he's, 87, uh, he's 87 years old and Jeremy already does act like an old man. That's true. That's highly sus. So, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, he, he's a phenomenal writer. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I adored the sunset limited. I, I, I loved, um, the pacing of that. And this is such a, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you told me that's who it was. Cause I actually didn't know. Okay. Right written sunset limited. Um, because I feel like much like with actors, this shows his range as a writer, you know, you know, I could talk for hours about the sunset limited, which I would have loved. Cause I love, I, I, I'm so glad you, you showed me that. Yeah. Um, and then this is just a, a, such a stark contrast where, you know, the Sunset Limited was actually very hopeful, you know, that he was going to be able to change this man's mind. As where this, the road is, it's just bleak. It's, it's got no hope for anyone. Not even the cannibals. The cannibals don't even have hope. No. Um, one of my favorite... Uh, underrated uh, character actors, uh, Garrett Delahunt. Yes. Yeah. Uh, is in this <sighs> film. Uh, uh, and he's also in No Country for Old Men, which is another Cormac McCarthy adaptation. Son of a bitch, really. Um, <clears throat> and I, I'm i a gigantic fan of his. Always have oh, been for <clears throat> Right. Oh, yeah. He is. Uh, again, now I'm going to go back to an actor with really good range. You know, he he's hilarious in comedies and then he was very sinister in i mean yeah he's only got about 15 about probably about 10 minutes of screen time but in that 10 minutes he's very sinister and he's very you know you you 100 believe he's going to kill the boy yeah uh, those of you who uh maybe don't know who garrett delahunt is in the film he is the it, it, one of I, the members of the uh, the gang that they encounter in the tunnel. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're sleeping he, in the minivan and they see them coming right. out of the tunnel and he steps out to take a leak and uh, he runs into our heroes. Yeah. Um, and of course, 
like you were saying, there's no hope for the cannibals. He ends up uh, being a victim of cannibalism himself. Uh, yeah. Oof, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, but they do say no honor amongst thieves. I guess no honor amongst cannibals. No, uh, yeah. it's because I read that yeah. he, he was credited as like the leader of this gang, or at least maybe this outfit. But yeah. which tells you the you know the desperation, mm. right? Is uh there is like you said no honor right they're just yeah. they're he's available to be eaten right therefore mm. they will do so <clears throat> um which is terrifying and yeah <laughs> also what this film does really really well is shows you how comfortable they have become in this world when yeah. when they're in this barn and the kid is looking up at something. We don't know what it, what it is yet. And then it turns out the family has hanged themselves in the barn mm. Mm. and he's not freaked out. Really. He was, he's afraid that someone put them up there. Right. Uh, that it wasn't. So once, once the man explains to him, it was suicide and he's like, Oh, okay. right. Yeah. Yeah. Most, I would say, uh, I guess a, a normal child would probably be, be panicking and freaking out uh, and the boy is just like you know especially when the man says you know why and he's like oh yeah yeah and, and then you know he's yeah vigo's the man is not tolerating any sort of naivete right yeah so when the boy asks why did they do it that's a silly question right mm-hmm um you know why around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know but, we aren't that far behind <laughs> but you know it's funny you say that because i feel like it, there are little parts that he does try to let his son hold on to a little bit of his innocence mm-hmm. as a child you know like referring to the cannibals and them good guys versus bad guys you know we're the good guys we would never do that right you know, and it it shows that he, again, you know, we can tell that he does love his son, you know, and he will do whatever he can to protect his son. But you could also tell that he he is trying to let him live somewhat of a of a normal. Well, I wouldn't say normal. Life, have a childhood, at least just a little bit, you know. <laughs> Maybe yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, the the fact that the the kid carries around a stuffed animal, mm-hmm. right, uh, shows you that you know holding on to some childhood innocence is still yeah. there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, then again with the whole you know uh, reminding uh, how how we shoot a gun, right? Kill ourselves, right? Um, <laughs> keeping him grounded on the the reality of the situation he's in right mm-hmm. um constantly being vigilant um uh, being distrustworthy of others and you know things like that mm-hmm. there's no time not to teach that right yeah um and again this kid crushes this role oh, i yeah, you know, every time I see it, I am just so blown away uh, is, by his performance. 
which is a little crazy because as he's gotten older, because um, as we mentioned uh, off mic, and uh, I'm going to out myself, I'm going to out myself in front of our audience. I did not get to finish the movie, but, mm. um, but anyway, but you know, it's funny that he just, that Cody Smith, McPhee, McPhee. Yeah. He, he kills it. <laughs> and then <laughs> the last few like big budget movies he's done, uh, he's just been kind of okay. Yeah. You gotta, you know, uh, it, again, it, it shows you the power of the source material and oh, the, the power of this film, because uh, you're right. I, I've not seen him give a better performance since then. Um, then again, I haven't really been interested in the other things he's been doing. That's um, mean. <sighs> yeah. If anyone so, knows what we might be talking about, I'm, I'm making reference to the fact that he's uh, the younger version of Nightcrawler in the last few X-Men movies. Uh, his best role as, Nightcrawler was in Deadpool 2 when they all like make that little cameo. But of course, he's just standing there with like a cup in his hand and he's just like, <gasps> but point being, for this being like his kind of like breakout role, he crushes it. Like, yeah. And he, and he being so young, mm-hmm. uh, not using a dialect coach. Um, yeah. Cause he's Australian. Yeah. So that, that accent is, you know, his doing, which is, you know, impressive for him. Well, and, you know. and I read that um, in, in the scene where Vigo is washing off his uh, hair in the river. Um, John, the director promised we're going to get it in two takes cause it's cold. Uh, you know, I, I promised Cody we'll get it in two takes and then we're going to move on. But in that second take, the sun had come out and ruined it. So he's like, Cody, I'm sorry. We got to do one more. And I guess the river was so cold that it's so cold that those are his genuine tears and shout out to, to Vigo for really not only staying in character, but really trying to comfort this child yeah, and crying you know, getting, arms. getting this done so they can be finished. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. Poor guy. Um, all right. So. Um, yeah, cat's out of the bag. You didn't get to finish because of work stuff or whatever. So, and, um, got which is, so right, whatever. <laughs> so, um, so it's going to be kind of hard to, well, it won't be hard. I mean, I can describe it to you. It, it, uh, it'll be hard for me to really visualize. So you, know. you got to the shelter. So, which is such a powerful scene, not only in terms of acting, but you know, in terms of our, our heroes, because the whole movie, they've been living off of crickets and whatever they can find. Yeah. And then they hit the mother load. They've got. Yeah. And they hit this bomb shelter uh, that has every single thing they've ever need and ever will need. Right. Yeah. They got, they got um, vitamin water. They got them peaches. Yeah. Uh, there's, you know, there's Cheetos. There's booze in there. Yeah. There's, yeah. Water, anything. Right. Anything. Oh, yeah. So. Um, once it kind of hits this point in the film, uh, for some reason, I don't know why I didn't do it in the beginning, but I started breaking it down into chunks. So okay. there's the bomb shelter, there's the old man, there's the thief. So I, I, I broke it down into episodes, if you will. Okay. Um, pretty sure I could have done it at the beginning. I don't know why I didn't do that, but anyway. Well, and, and I, I think I know why you might've done it that, uh, towards 
after this because this is the most hopeful that we, the audience, are in the movie. Agreed. They we, found, I mean, they found food. Waiting. Oh my god! Now, me being the way I am, I, you being the 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 pessimist, you. Are. I remember when I saw this the first time. Uh, I was like waiting for that other shoe to drop. I was about, yeah, I was about to say it's. It, you were probably like, it's all downhill after this. Yeah, I mean, like they they can't live here forever, right? Yeah. As much as we would like them to. Um, yeah, because you know, because then after they they feast, they bathe themselves, they cut their hair. Uh, we see them clean also for the first time. Yeah, since- uh, there's there's a great shot of the bathtub that all of the dirt. Yeah, it has just collected. collected on the bottom, mm-hmm. and you know, just to just think about how long it's been since they've taken a shower or bathed themselves. You yeah, know? God knows, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's after it's shortly after that that they hear noises and people above them, and they realize they're not safe there anymore. Right? Yeah. Uh, this is a little heartbreaking when the boy obviously doesn't want to leave, and he really truly doesn't understand why they can't stay right mm-hmm. and it's it's this point where you know the man has to remind the boy of how awful people can be and he goes we are not safe here anymore right mm-hmm. uh we have to go we'll take everything that we possibly can carry with us but we have to go yeah and so they do you know and well and 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 we uh, before we move on you know and and the man tried his hardest to make sure they couldn't be found when he puts the mattress over. Yeah, the, that was smart. The the hole because because he knew like okay at one point you know I stepped on this someone else steps on and hears metal we're done for. Yeah, but okay anyway continue since this is the part that I'm didn't get to see. So now that they're back um, in the real world. Right. They're, they're back on the road. Um, they come across this old man. Um, and it's Robert Duvall. <sighs> Love that guy. And um, it's now that we are seeing someone, our first reaction is to be terrified because there's another person, right? Every single time they've met someone, it's not gone well, right? Right. Uh, in this case... Um, they, after some arguing, um, from the boy and the man, cause the boy just wants to help him out. Right. Right. Uh, cause he is, uh, 90 years old. Uh, his eyes are sort of milky and he is, you know, having a hard time. Right. Yeah. He, so, he's, he is probably not long for this world. No, they, they offer to, um, have him camp out with them that night and to eat with them. And uh, the man, Eli, uh, the only character to have a name, um, it tells them the story about, you know, he lost his son and doesn't want to go into it, doesn't want to talk about it. Seeing the man's son, seeing the boy, um, he thought, you know, he was seeing an angel that uh, he couldn't believe he sees a boy, a child, right? Right. And it's, it's <clears throat> given him this, this hope, right? And this unnecessary and then, course, hope. 
yeah and then of course then they leave the man after the night right so right uh the man goes on his separate way they go on theirs um and of course the man accuses them of following him at first right and uh yeah i read that that he's like why you been following me and of course that's very important um and it's going to be important when they run into the thief um so a few minutes goes by in the film um they make it to the beach which is really lake michigan um which is genius to do it this way and i'll get there okay so they get to the beach there is a shipwrecked ship obviously uh, not far kind of so (laughs) it's it's not on the beach but it's 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 ran aground right so Mm. it's it's pretty far from the shore but not so far that he can't go check it out and so the man goes and checks out the ship while the boy rests yeah i I read i i read that that the man is like that he's entrusting his son watch our stuff i'm gonna just be right back watch the stuff make sure no one steals it and the boy falls asleep the boy falls asleep and the stuff goes missing right uh someone has gone and taken their stuff um so the man comes back they go and track down their stuff uh it is uh, be have been stolen uh the actor is michael k williams uh oh. whom i love very much uh some of you might know him from the wire uh boardwalk empire gone baby gone uh several things he's amazing right um in this you know it's it's weird not seeing him be this sort of tough guy right right um uh, the man accuses them, accuses the thief of following them. He goes, Nope, I promise you I wasn't following you. I just, I, I saw the stuff and I just took it. I'm sorry. You know, mm-hmm. um, he, this is where we get this sort of, this sort of amb- gray area of good guy or bad guy. Uh, because then the man makes the thief strip and gives them all of his clothes, including his shoes, and they leave him there. Mm. Um, as the man would say, it, it's what he just did to us, right? Right. Leaving us with, with nothing. We are going to leave him with nothing, right? And as the, the guy begs and pleads, don't leave him there, they leave him there, and we never see him again. Yeah. Um, there's no way he survived. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Uh, so essentially, the man uh, killed this guy, right? And so then we sort of get this, you know, this constant question that the boy always asks: Are we the good guys or the bad guys? In this case, eh, eh, the man was sort of a bad guy. Yeah. And I think it was just uh, his anger got a hold of him. He was he's just so fed up. Right. Yeah. Um, probably trying to, you know, being the uh, only optimist in a world where people don't want hope, you know, they just want food. They want to, they want to get to the next day. Yes. And in this case, I think that he has been, he has been staying strong. Sorry. That's so loud. Um, he has been staying strong for so long and that, um, 
And in that once, you know, this was sort of the final straw, right? Especially oh. after they had just gotten all of this stuff that they need. Right. It's taken. Right. <clears throat> and so he decides to take everything from this man. And that might not have been the, the right way to go. But but I mean, yeah, you know, something that I've learned from a lot of, you know, apocalyptic movies is that hope is is a killer. You know, it's okay to have, but to be Viggo Mortensen, you know, this unbridled optimist, like we will survive, which is a good mentality to have. uh, Eventually it eats away at you where you do have this moral ambiguity where yes, he did just kill this man, but he never pulled the trigger so yeah but i mean for sure that guy's gonna die oh yeah he's he's dead he already died yeah like he is there's no way that he survived and um and so there's there's this sort of strange character development that happens in that scene yeah uh, with the man um and then we get to my last two um and uh the arrow so they are, they have recovered all of their stuff and they're traveling through uh, this neighborhood and um, someone shoots an arrow at them yeah. uh, from a building. Right. And, um, and they get the man in the, in like in the leg. Right. Yeah. And so uh, he shoots a flare into the into the window uh, ends up killing the guy who uh, got him square in the chest and as a matter of fact uh, the guy who shot the arrow at him mm-hmm. um and again he goes how long have you been following us and they're like we haven't been following you you just walked by you know relax yeah. um and of course she's a little beside herself because he just killed the man she was with um and so now he's injured and more injured than he has been this entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, he, when they were getting uh, cleaned up haircuts and all that, you could see that he had something around his knee. Yeah. Um, so he, he's not a hundred percent hasn't been this entire movie, right? Yeah, that, yeah, that dry cough he's had is, uh, I was it's like, not great. I was like, <laughs> that's going to get him. That's going to, until I read, what happens but i was like that's gonna get him man he's he tries his very best to clean the wound and to close it but (laughs) i really wish you had seen this part because he does when he pulls out the arrow uh he does it with a knife and so he has to dig because it's again it's the triangle arrowhead and so he can't Mm. just pull it out yeah right you're not causing more damage that's right. So he has to dig and pull it out. And then he staples it back together uh, with a stapler, right? Where did he um, find a staple gun? He just it, it was just like a regular like office stapler. I don't oh, know. Oh no. Yeah. And those so he staples, just staples it with a staple. Oh my god, those staples aren't even designed to pierce flesh that deep. I wish you had seen that part. But um anyway, so now he is dying for real oh time. yeah he's yeah he's not, uh, not just blood loss but now it's going to get infected and it's really compromised his immune system that's already been compromised right yeah oh yeah he's done for so he's a goner so they make it to this other beach 
Um, and again, Lake Michigan, um, it's having, it's making the, the post-apocalyptic world more real because the ocean doesn't look like the ocean. Right. Mm. Because in reality it isn't, they shot it in Lake Michigan, but right. having it serve as the ocean, right. Which still has waves, things like that. Uh, but it's not quite right. Um, gives a level of a sort of reality to this dire situation the earth is in at all right right the fact that the trees keep falling and the ocean doesn't look quite right um leads you to believe that the earth is really dying right and and that there is no hope at all for this world um so here's where why are you following me becomes so important um, is that after a while he's staying with his father and they wake up one morning and his father is dead. The man died um, mm-hmm. during the night. He gets up and and he sees someone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they call him the veteran. Uh, it's uh, Guy Pierce. Oh, wow. I love uh, Guy Pierce. Yeah. And uh, Guy Pierce is again threatening looking, everybody is right. Yeah, uh, the boy points the pistol at him. The man says, Hold on, put the pistol down, buddy. And he goes, You're not taking it. He goes, I don't want it. You can have it, just don't point it at me. And he's telling them that, You know, you know, are you here by yourself? No, I'm with my dad. Okay. Where's your dad? He's dead or whatever. He goes, you can come with me. We, you know, we can take you in. And um, he says that he has a boy. He has a girl, uh, uh, his wife, and they have a dog, right? Uh-huh. Um, and the, the boy asks, are you carrying the fire? And of course, this is... Um, a big deal. This is a good analogy for him and his dad, right? Because they're the good guys. They carry the fire. Right. And once the man understands what he means by that, he says, yes. And he takes them to meet his family. Molly Parker plays his wife. Um, Molly Parker, wonderful actress. She's been in a bunch of stuff. She's in house of cards. She was in, uh, 1922 most recently on Netflix. Um, Trying to visualize her face. I am missing a bunch of stuff she's been in, but that's not. Okay. Um, It was just another recognizable face, right? And she says, you know, we've been following you. um, And we just, we just want to make sure you're okay. You know, we were so worried about you. And um, they ask if he wants to go with them and he says, yes. And the movie's over. Yeah. So, so we don't know if, uh, if they're just saying this, that to this, I, I believe is supposed to be, this is where I'm going to be optimistic and not pessimistic is I think they, they really were trying to yeah help. Yeah. And um, the boy that's with them is the, is the boy that he sees oh, at the house, at the house. It's the boy that's with that family. Oh, okay. Okay. And so, um, so, so do you think that maybe they, they knew that Viggo Mortensen probably wasn't going to make it? And maybe. So they wanted to follow them. 
don't know, much like, you know, most of the details in this story, they're not given to you. Um, the the apocalypse doesn't have an explanation. Thank God. I do not yeah. like that. I, feel I, like, I do not I feel like it like, when they do that. I feel like if they would have spoon fed us like the earth boiled and now that's when the bombs went off and who cares? Right. What, what is this? Greenland? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I, I like to think that they will take care of them and they're, you know, they are the good guys. Right. I, I think that's a good way to end uh, a movie that, really shoves in the audience face. There is no hope in this world. Um, I, I think that's a good, a good uh, ambiguous ending, mm-hmm. you know, to make us feel like, okay, he's going to be cared for. Uh, he is going to be, you know, he's not going to have to use that pistol. Right. Anytime soon, at least. Um Because for sure, if they didn't find him, he was going to have to use that pistol on himself. Uh, which is yeah. a morbid thought to think of. Yeah, because uh, there's there's another. I mean, there's a lot of scenes in this where you're just like, I can't believe he's talking to his son like that. Yeah. Uh, but you know, the kid asks, "Are they going to die?" He goes, "No. It takes a long time to die from starvation. You don't just keel over." Right? Yeah. And you're like, I can't believe he's talking to him like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. When they're when they're trying to sleep in the in the eighteen wheeler. Yeah. And, and he's, he's like, no, what do you think's going to happen? It, it takes a while, you know? Yeah. And it's like, God, you, you, I get it. No, but, no sugarcoating here, man. But not, not for these non-apocalyptic mindsets that we were in. Yeah. Uh, makes you wonder if that's how you should be talking to your children. If something like this were to happen, who knows? Yeah. Um. um so man, I want to talk for 20 hours about Viggo Mortensen. Viggo Mortensen is amazing. He, I think people, I think, I think around this time, 2009, around the, 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 the early 2000s before 2010 and, and on, I think around this time, a lot of people were taking him for granted because they just seen Lord of the Rings and, you know, I feel like he, he didn't, I, I don't, I'm not saying that like he got typecast, but I feel like he did kind of fit into this bubble. Um, I have, I have two really good examples for you, but why he wasn't at this time. Well, well, this is just my opinion. Cause I haven't, yeah, no, no, no. And, yeah. I haven't seen a lot of his films, you know, I mean, I've seen Hidalgo, which isn't a I good example. I completely forgot about that one. Which is, I think, 2006? I completely I know it was his movie after Lord of the Rings. That would have been like 04, 05, yeah. Well, at least at least in terms of when it was released. Because, you know. Anyway. Point being, I feel like he kind of fit into this bubble. And seeing this movie, it, it, it shows his range in kind of like a new way. Because Hidalgo's good. I mean, well... It's okay. I, I haven't I, seen it since it came out, so I have no idea. Neither have I. Um, my memory of it is it was it was just good. You know, I don't really like, I don't think I've ever admitted this on the podcast. I've, I've never really liked movies where our character, one of our characters is an animal. 
specifically a real animal fantastic this is why we're this is why we're friends for real because i'm the exact same way uh like, and i've admitted that on the podcast i've had to because i am not uh, like anyway, it's just me know. being i i just i love animals and but in terms of like movies like hidalgo i feel like the horse is a crutch in terms of storytelling mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, <laughs> point my you know you have your rant about the year this is my rant about animals being used as as story crutches that's that's just how i've always viewed it anyway point being vigo knocks it out of the park with this movie you know showing a dad that's not only trying to keep up hope not only for himself clearly himself but for his child still reeling from the loss of his wife mm-hmm. And just trying to survive in a world that is just just so harsh and so against someone like himself. And he just, he knocks it out of the park. Uh, I was not expecting to see his bare ass in the movie, though. I will say that. A couple of times. Uh, yeah. Um, that was my... Uh, is that your highlight? No, that was... Well, that was my, my <laughs> thing of trying to get mom to watch it. I was like, yeah, but you see his butt... So it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> she still said no. Uh, <laughs> this movie is definitely not for her. As soon as as Vigo describes how to properly kill yourself, she would shut it off. I mean, this this movie's not for her. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I I couldn't see. I couldn't foresee your mom <clears throat> uh, turning off this movie when it was over, being like, "Wow." That was such an amazing movie. Wow. Thank you for this recommendation. <laughs> she would not have said that. She would be like, Jeremy, what the hell did you just make me watch? I hate you. So um, here, here's something that I... Dude, our audience are going to think your parents just like don't like you at all. Yeah. No, my parents love me. They're fine. But... <laughs> Uh, so I know that, uh, with the next few weeks, we have, uh, a lot of quote homework to do, uh, yeah. for the show, but I do recommend, especially to our audience who isn't really familiar with a lot of, um, Vigo's filmography is definitely watch a history of violence, um, which is incredible. Uh, it's the start of the second half of David Cronenberg's career where he stops doing the body horror stuff. And he and, delves more into dramas and thrillers. Oh, that's it's amazing. Uh, and Eastern Promises is another one. Another David Cronenberg. Didn't you um, tell me to really watch Captain Fantastic? Captain Fantastic is really good. Uh, <laughs> you thought I was going to say fantastic. Um, <laughs> no, that, I was like, oh, maybe maybe he did. That is really like good. It. Uh, I really enjoyed Captain Fantastic. Uh, um, well. Isn't that the first movie he did after he took his little break after he did this movie? He or did that was no. 2011. Um, after this movie, because I read that he took break. like a two-year break. Yeah. So it would be 2011. I don't, I don't know what he did in 2011. I don't, I don't either. Those are just my my top three. Um, Didn't he almost get an Oscar for Green Book? Listen, man. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't like that movie. So, like, whatever. Like, if he if he was nominated, I don't remember if he was. I, I think he might have. Well, or I don't know. I'm pretty sure he was probably nominated. He plays a cartoon character anyway. Um, <laughs> listen, it's not about Green Book. This 
this would never be because I would refuse to do that episode. Well, so, it didn't really interest me anyway, so we'll probably never talk about it. Thank God. Unless definitely, I mean, definitely Eastern Promises or A History of Violence. I mean, those are definitely okay. uh, on, the, on the list for later on. Um, excellent films. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. The movie was. The movie was fantastic. I mean, again, I outed myself. I never got to finish it. But unlike Hereditary, where I chose not to finish the movie. I, yes, that's why I'm not giving you a super hard time. It wasn't your fault this time. I, yeah, I mean, it kind of was. But that's I mean, not- someone in the comments is going to be like, oh, he could have easily finished it. Listen, my PlayStation 5 came in yesterday. Um, I had to play that. This is this is where <laughs> people are going to be so mad at you. I wasn't going to mention that was the reason. I don't care. Why. I know. Someone's going to be like, how did you even get one? I've been waiting on mine for five months. But anyway, um, I will finish the movie because even though I know how it ends. Again, powerhouse performances uh, yeah, by everybody. Even though I know how it ends, you know, that's still 45 minutes of movie that I didn't get to see. And even though the film is very bleak, you know, I think we've made that very apparent. The film is very bleak. Yeah. It's, it's really good because I saw it. I I saw it with my dad the first time Um, it was on TV. It was uh on like Showtime or HBO or something. And I didn't have an immediate opinion. And I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this before on the podcast where if I don't have an immediate opinion and someone next to me has an extremely high uh, opinion, like, yeah, like an, like an extreme opinion. I usually take that opinion because I'm like, Oh, well they have an extreme opinion. They must be right. Uh, Dad, now you're an adult. So you can make your own opinion. Dad hated really because of how, how bleak it was. Yeah. Because of how depressing it is. Right. It it was the same thing with uh, There Will Be Blood. He also didn't like that one. Really? These are two films that I would that I would recommend to anybody. Right. Well, and see, like and like the point I made at the beginning is that, yes, it's bleak. Like I got that from the first uh, the first moment we see this post-apocalyptic world. Is that is bleak. There, There is no hope in this world. But like I said, in comparison to like, uh, I want to use a different post-apocalyptic movie, but I can't think of any right now. So I'll just use Mad Max again. Okay. You know, in comparison to Mad Max, you know, the, the world of Mad Max, yes, there are dictators, but there is, this world does have hope in some form or another. You know, there is hope. Um but in this world of the road, there is no hope. And and I think that's what makes it much more powerful because in Mad Max, we know Max is eventually going to show up and then we know he's going to upset the status quo and he's going to be the hero and he's going to free everyone and everyone's going to live happily ever after in this godforsaken wasteland. And I'm looking at my movies behind you. Uh, just to <laughs> see like, if there's a what post- are you doing? Because there might be a post-apocalyptic one up there <laughs> that I can use. Let's see. I'm I'm looking over. I'm looking over at mine. I mean, there's Rover, which um, not a lot of people have seen. It's an Australian post-apocalyptic film with Guy Pierce and Robert Pattinson. That one's really Pierce. really good. Um, I'm sure there's some behind me that I can't see. Um. I know I've seen some other post-apocalyptic movies. Oh, I've seen a bunch, but I've you're seen, right. Now that I'm trying to think about it, it's hard. Yeah, it's like 
Um, when someone asks you, well, I mean, technically any zombie film is a post-apocalyptic. That's true. Uh, Book you know, of Eli can technically be one as well. Uh, that's okay. Hang on. I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, I can't, can't believe I forgot about the book of Eli. I love the book of Eli. Um, but that's another bleak post a lot post-apocalyptic uh world but it still has hope you know it's shot in almost a very similar style a very gray world yeah um but book of eli still has hope you know and and even though that film was fantastic and definitely future episode definitely I, i i adore that movie um there's still hope in this world and the road has no hope. Even, even when John, the director gives the audience, Hey, here's a little, here, here's our high point. Our, our heroes found food. And we really, it's almost like he lulled the audience into a sense of, well, one would say that the book also did it, that we are lulled into this false sense of hope. Like our heroes are going to make it. They got food, they got to be clean. And then again, I like your term, just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. Because in this world, there's no hope. Uh, yeah, there's not a whole lot of, there's nothing there's to clean. no comfortable comfortability. I mean, once, as soon as you see them being comfortable and content, you, you got to set a timer on it because yeah. it's like, that's not going to last very long. Yeah. And, and so the, my point is, is I appreciate that. I, I appreciate that this is a world that could be very real, you know, um, which is a scary thought, <laughs> but you know, it's not all sunshine and rainbows, you know, right. it's not like the book of Eli. There's not one place, which for some reason is Alcatraz, <laughs> in the book of Eli world, but one place where people can live in harmony and be free from the violence outside their walls in the road. It's real. It's our yeah, heroes going to make it another day. You know, it's, it's kind of like um, Cormac McCarthy took white's point of view of everything in sunset limited. Uh-huh. Okay. And and said, that's the point of view. We're going to show the apocalypse um, where, you know, it's, it's distrustworthy. It's yeah. mayhem. It's, you know, it's hopeless. Right. And, yeah. and so where, and that's how white would see the world. Right. Yeah. Um, Shout out to our sense of limited episode. Yeah. That was uh, a fun one. Um, yeah, like I said, so I, I I could talk for hours about that. I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed, yeah, uh, the road. Uh, yeah, um, I, you know, again, like I said, I feel like you just took all the downers you've already picked, and you're just like, yeah, we're gonna throw those out the window. This isn't a downer. This is just I'm just gonna make you feel depressed. <laughs> I mean, but of course, I felt I felt like I did that when we did Gilbert Grape because I feel like it was. I have a very too, high tolerance. Too much. Now, well, at least for uh, yeah, I I mean there are several that I still have not yet. Jesus Christ, you know we we 
<laughs> yeah, man. I mean, um, oh, again, I tend to gravitate towards films like these because I don't know. I just think it's uh, it's interesting well, to see how far a filmmaker will go. Oh, yeah. And I think, like, like I mentioned, I think I love that John used a lot of realism for this, like Cody actually crying, uh, Shirley's belting out these very guttural, almost animalistic screams, Yeah, you know, and, and people should, uh, I truly think people should appreciate filmmakers who are willing to, to go that extra mile. You know, of course, like some directors kind of force these things out of their actors, but it almost seems like in Joe, Joe's case, the take worked, like with Cody crying, the take worked, like, sorry, buddy, let's get you warmed up. I like that take. We're using it. Poor guy. I know. I'm, I'm sure John was like, I hate being that cold. Co- Cody, you did a great job, buddy. Get him warmed up. Now. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, Jeremy, are you ready to wrap up, wrap up, wrap up? Yeah, man. Um, so you survived another week of a Jeremy <laughs> pick. Uh, and so have our uh, listeners. So congratulations. Yes. Uh, again, I guess season five became the una- – is at least on Jeremy's end. Yeah, the, it's my official yeah. season of Downers because yeah, – of course. Because my next pick, uh, even though it will not be our next episode, which we'll explain here in a second – um, my next pick will piss you off. But like I said, like I said, not piss you off because I'm just trying to be, just be like, ah, fuck him. But it's because uh, there's a point to it. So, okay. so would you rather me tell you this now? All right. So let's, let's, let's do this. Let's remind the audience of our timeline. So the next one is going to be our special episode with our special guest. Yes. Then it's going to be Rain's. Then it's going to be mine. And again, mine is... I'm thinking of ending Think things. Of Please read yeah, it. Which, to the I mean, book. two yeah. weeks. Yeah, two weeks. That should give me plenty of time to listen to the it audio. It should. So, so, trust me, once you start listening, you're not going to want to stop if you choose to listen to it. So, um, we'll go ahead and say our special episode. So, as everyone knows, uh, Jeremy and I talk about our parents a lot on the show. Um, sorry, I could feel a burp coming again. Jesus Christ. There it is. Anyway, um, and just like Jeremy's parents, uh, I talk about my parents a lot. Uh, and for a while, way back in the infancy of this, before Jeremy became a co-host, I wanted to get my mom on. Uh, and the only movie really that I felt like was really cool to talk about with her was uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Because you, know, my mom actually lived through the 80s. And lived through, you know, Queen's kind of resurgence in the 80s. Um, and so I really wanted to talk about that with her, but the, we just never got around to it with my mom living in Austin. And then, of course, this became our thing. Uh, so I'm just, I'm just too good. Like, as soon as you add me on somewhere, like, <laughs> I'm going to blow it up. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's it's my fault, really, for being so good at this. <laughs> But uh, while I was in full swing of the Backstreet Boys reunion tour, uh, I get a call from my mom and she pretty much puts her foot down and says, uh, I'm going to be on the show next week. Uh, we're going to talk about Tombstone. Boom. Tombstone, baby. So Tombstone. Next week, we will have uh, my mom on uh, and we will discuss Tombstone. Mickey's coming. That's fun. 
it's going to be a special episode um, because for the first time ever on the podcast, it'll be someone that's neither of us nor Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that'll be super fun. And yeah. um, I should probably remind her she's probably forgotten. So I should probably remind her uh, this week, like, hey, you said you'd be on and we've already told our audience. So Tombstone is uh, is a great choice. Number one, I really like this movie. And number two, it's a it's a great example and a very famous example of scene stealing, uh, not necessarily on purpose, uh, but I think Val Kilmer before I think Kurt Russell. Uh, oh, yeah. for tombstone and yeah. i think and again, russell has, i mean uh val kilmer sorry everyone that was my watch telling me it's time to go to bed uh yeah val kilmer um stole the show for a movie that's not even about his character no, it's not about doc holiday <clears throat> i mean technically it's about all of them uh, yeah but, but in in the grand scheme of things it's about wider and guess what who cares because doc holiday is the coolest guy in this movie and val kilmer <laughs> is the best man i love val kilmer the coolest and, guy uh, with uh, tuberculosis yeah i mean listen guys you <laughs> can be cool but you can't be cool and have tuberculosis at the same time and except if you're not keep smoking your rolled up cigarettes that's right <laughs> so that's exciting now rain so jeremy what's going to be the next one after that okay so there has been i have uh i've been kind of playing you a little bit um it, it didn't hit me until after we did Warrior. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about a film, okay, that took a lot of great actors, okay, and really missed the mark. So I want to point out that I do like this movie. So hold on. So before we keep going, we're going to watch a bad movie. Technically, in your eyes, it's bad. In your eyes, it's bad. I mean, yeah, technically critics as well, but what do they know? But in your and I know we've already talked about this movie together. In your eyes, it's bad. Mm-hmm. My eyes, it's a decent movie. I do know there are flaws with it. I acknowledge that. Um, I think before we started doing this, I would have defended this movie tooth and nail. But since doing this, I have noticed, yeah, there are flaws in this movie. So that's why I picked specific movies to really talk about certain actors capabilities because these certain actors are all in this movie together. So it started with warrior Mm -hmm. with Joel Edgerton. Then uh, what did I pick? I I picked warrior, but that's not the, well, I know, but you, you tech, you indirectly helped this idea birth. What did I pick after that? Uh, I'm so angry. Hang on. Hang on. Give me a second. Give me a second. Hang on. Oh my God. Oh my God. It even this has is a fun wa- to listen to. I'm it sure. even has a watermark. <laughs> okay. Next, it was Gilbert Grape. Uh huh. Um, technically, kind of refocusing the idea, uh, you know, refocusing on Leonardo DiCaprio from our season one, from our season five premiere of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes. And then last week being Pleasantville of Tobey Maguire. Yeah. I'm surprised you haven't figured it out yet. Just go ahead. Next week, we are discussing. Boz Lerman's take on the great Gatsby. <laughs> okay. 
So Jeremy, can I admit something to you? Uh-huh. When I originally came up with this idea, it was solely to piss you off. But then <laughs> really, I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna that's piss funny. him off. No, that's funny. That's funny. That's funny. But the more I thought about it, the more and more I was like, this film has so many fantastic actors. And we've already talked about some of their other hits with, you know, you picking Warrior to really oh, talk Joel about Joel. Egerton, son of a bitch. Um, and Leo's first outing as a leading man. And I wouldn't say, well, a leading man in Gilbert Great, but he is, it's about Arnie. And then of course, Toby, long before he became Spider-Man. This movie like I said, has so many great actors, but it misses the mark completely. I'll tell you, spoiler alert, it's because it's a stupid story. And F. Scott Fitzgerald is a hack. Okay. And that's another reason why I wanted to talk about it because I adore the book. I think the book is one of the best pieces of literature ever written. That's insane. And so I was like, let's talk about the movie that I... Again, like I enjoy the movie, but I do un- I do know there are flaws with it. Mm-hmm. But then I know you hated the movie because I know you hated the story. Well, I've I will I've only seen the Robert Redford one. Um, you wait, so you've never seen the Baz Luhrmann? No, I've never seen the Baz Luhrmann. I I don't oh, like the story. This and so worked out perfectly. Then. So I've only seen the Robert Redford one at because, the time. The other one hadn't come out yet. It well, wasn't obviously. even. Yeah, I was. We were still in high school, so that one wasn't even out yet, obviously, uh, or thought about or anything. So, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, and and then we're gonna leave everyone uh, for next week. But here's the thing. Okay, the thing that Boz does, and I'm gonna just like gush all over the episode when we talk about it, oh is Boz uses uh, visual details from the book to help, um, and it's. Yes, there are blatant flaws in this movie. Okay, I'm I'm gonna be honest. Like, if if we did this podcast five years ago, I would have been like, no, Jeremy, this movie is the best piece of cinema ever. <laughs> I mean, I still wouldn't have said that, but <laughs> I now see there are flaws in this movie, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of good things in the movie too. And we'll talk about it. Just I'm going to keep an open mind. I think that's God. all I ask. At least I'm not making you watch another Wes Anderson movie. No, I was terrified you're going to be like, hey, guess what? We're watching Royal Tenenbaums. I'm like, well, then I'm going to kill myself. Well, and, that's okay because Luke Wilson does too. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he so, actually doesn't. He makes it in the movie. But th- so, like I said, okay, there is a point to why I chose the specific movies I chose after you chose Warrior mm. because – I feel like I needed to help our audience understand, hey, these actors can knock it out of the park. And then when they all get together, they just miss it by that much. Okay. Can you, can so, you at least be happy that I acknowledge that this movie isn't perfect? Yeah, no, I mean, it's fine. It, to me, you know, I can't speak so much of the film besides the little stuff I know about it, like the using contemporary music and the and, fully and 
fully uh, blue screen world that they're in. Um, well, not all of it, but uh, we'll it's most. And so, um, sure, uh, whatever. Uh, but thank God it's not next week. Next week is Tombstone. Yes. That's fine. Yes. <laughs> So sorry, everyone, for this big teaser of the week after Tombstone, but I really needed to prepare Jeremy for what I had been sneakily doing. He was right to do so because uh, I'm not going to like the story. I'm not going to lie. I was worried you were going to figure it out at one point. No, I mean, I don't even, I don't, this, I don't think about this movie. So I mean, it's, you know, I I told Ashton, like, he's going to figure it out. He's going to figure it out. And I'm going to have to come up with another, another idea. But then once once I announced Pleasantville and you hadn't hadn't connected the dots yet, I was like, oh, yes. But like I said, I would say 25% of this was just to piss you off. Yeah. The other 75 is because I genuinely I want to get your opinion on this. And yeah. It's going to be tough. I tried watching Moulin Rouge once. Oh, <laughs> see, I got to pass on that. I've never seen Moulin Rouge. I, dude, I got a headache. It was like 15 minutes in and I was like, this is so much. The only Baz Luhrmann movie I've ever seen besides The Great Gatsby is Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Romeo plus Juliet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't say the plus it's Romeo and Juliet. Okay. He can go fuck himself. I'm not that wow. pretentious. Um, but that movie's great. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to say future episode because I have a feeling you're going to scream at me. Um, whatever (laughs) but okay we're gonna leave it there everyone we um we hope you enjoyed the road the road i think uh i think everyone should definitely read the book and then see the movie uh it's tough i didn't even mention he doesn't use punctuation uh in the book really so uh so so you feel like you read a whole paragraph and you're like well it's it's not only does nobody have a name but there's no quotations. And so you don't know who's speaking. And so obviously he's so good that you will know who's speaking, Uh, but at first glance, it's going to be tough. So, Oh fuck. Yeah. But anyway, um, but we hope everyone enjoyed the episode. Um, Normally we would plug where you can find it, uh, but it's virtually impossible to find unless you physically own a copy. Um, I had to find mine on YouTube, which I hate doing. But luckily, some mad lad out there in the world uploaded the entire hundred uh, hour, 43-minute movie on YouTube. So uh, go check that out if you can't physically find it. Next week, Tombstone. I think this is the first time uh, ever we've ever had like a, a three-week plan. So next week, Tombstone. Yeah, no, we don't, yeah. Week two, The Great Gatsby. And then week three, I'm thinking of ending things. So uh, we hope everyone enjoyed, and we will see you next week. Thank you.